Hey, it's so good to be here today. Why don't you grab a seat? Let's thank this wonderful team for leading us into the presence of God. Excellent. Are you well? Just turn to your neighbor say, you look absolutely beautiful today. Now, for anyone under the age of 30, I was given, I created a moment right there. If you're sitting next to that person that you wanted to ask out for so long, just turn to the other person that you obviously think is just... And this will make sense later on. We're just me messing around, but just tell them you look ordinary. Can you do that? Can you do it? You're too not. You're the first... You are literally the first church to not participate with me in that. I saw Pastor Pauline just be like, I will not. Behind me, Satan. Isn't it true? It's like one minute, amen, glory to God. Behind me, Satan. I, I received that. So good to be here today. I bring greetings from my family, from my senior pastors, Pastor Russell and Sam. And, uh, and uh, it is just so good to be here. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Matt. I have uh, one wife, someone say thank you Jesus, um, and uh, we've been married for coming up to 17 years, um, I, I know, I know, I'm older than you think. Um, last time I was here was a few years ago, I didn't have two things that I currently have right now in my life, and uh, one of them is a three-month-old baby. Um, you can clap if you want, I'm still working out whether I'm clapping or crying, but... <laughs> um, and the other is is this uh, quite hideous beard, um, and Pastor Pauline pointed out so so well and articulately last night that it's because I have the three month old baby, I don't have time to shave. Come on, and, and all the parents said Amen, and um, and so it's all good. Hey, I want to take a moment just quickly, um, just quickly to pray for Christchurch, if that's okay. Really believe that God's sovereign hand uh, is going to. You know, God turns things around, doesn't he? And sometimes we don't know how, um, but I really believe that they're, they're like our, our brothers, really, the New Zealanders. Any New Zealanders here? Awesome. And so we want to stand with you and your families and just really believe that God would uh, work good out of what seems so evil. Amen. So come on, would you pray with me? Father, today we lift up every person in that city that been through so much, Father, over the last few years with earthquakes and all sorts of things and God while we don't understand um, while we don't understand this and while, while, whilst it's hard to comprehend how or why this would happen Father we want to bring these people to you in prayer we want to ask Holy Spirit would you go as the comforter the parakletos the one that would just go and put your arm around that city Lord I want to prophesy over Christ church right now its very name, Christ, the anointing and the anointed one, that the anointed church of Jesus would rise up in that city and be the hands and feet, Father. Lord, that even this atrocity happened to, to a mosque, Father, but I pray that the church of Jesus would be the brightest light of love and forgiveness and reconciliation even in that moment, Father. I pray for the churches and the pastors, Lord, the Christians in that area, I pray today not only for their protection and their peace, their comfort, Lord, but I pray for an empowering of your anointing to come upon them. 
Lord, that they would know that they carry the kingdom of God, that they are the answer of breakthrough in that environment. And Lord, we just pray, Father, over those that have lost loved ones over this time. Lord, be with them. Open their eyes to your goodness and your grace. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, you're ready for God's word this morning. I'm really ready to bring it. I'm going to ask that one more time. Are you ready for God's word? So good. So good. God is good. I've got a lot to talk about today. As I said, I do have that like dog collar shocking system thing. And uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll keep to time this morning. Uh, but I do want to, I want to preach a word that's close to my heart and really just becoming, I suppose, a bit of, the, a, bit of a theme of my life. As I'm getting older, um, I'm caring less about kind of the amens and the shouts and the uh, people standing up in sermons and the external responses of those sorts of things and caring more about people going away from church empowered, full of God um, and with a faith in their spirit that can uh, stare head on into what they're facing no matter what it is. Amen. Uh, my, my heart and I know the heart of your pastors, can we honor them? They're amazing people. Absolutely amazing. Not just amazingly gifted, but they are some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. <laughs> it's actually true. It's true. And um, so it's, a, it's so great being here with you. But I really want to, uh, as I'm getting older, there's a few grey whiskers in here growing, um, which were also pointed out by Pastor Pauline. Um, I'll be dying the beard later on today, um, uh, but uh, as I'm, I've been in full-time ministry for 20 years basically, and uh, as I've been doing that, uh, my heart now is to is to really more more teach, teach and preach at the same time. And so I want to get into God's word today. We're going to go straight to the to Second uh, Corinthians chapter four. We're going to read a bit of the Bible this morning. Then we're going to read a few other verses. And uh, we might preach if you like something, you can say amen. If you don't, just snarl or something like that. Uh, but I don't really mind what you do. Uh, just turn to your neighbor one more time. Just just announce the title of my message today. Say, it's in you. Can you do that? Just, just tell them. I like participation in church, okay? I've seen you with the football. I want to see you in church. Just say it one more time. Say, it's in you. Just... It's in you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm not sure if the text is available on the screen, but you can read along. Otherwise, we're reading from 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. I believe I'm reading from the New King James Version, um, and so it's going to sound nothing like that, so that's going to confuse you. Um, but it's all good. Listen to this. Listen to this. You just turn that off because that's going to confuse people. Thank you, guys. Sorry, my bad. It says this, verse number 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But we have this treasure. Everyone say treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also, also may be manifest in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised 
up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake. The grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Just a couple more verses. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Someone say, don't lose heart. We do not lose heart. For even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment. This just makes me so happy reading this because you don't need to preach. It's just a sermon all by itself. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to dance up and down this stage. You don't want to see that. Our, our, uh, uh, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal. You know, one of our greatest challenges as Christians living in this Western world, just living in the world full stop, is that uh, as the world becomes more kind of globally connected through social media, the internet and the like, uh, I don't know about you, but some of the things that I personally struggle with uh, other than kind of the usual heart stuff and all those sorts of things. But but one of the challenges that I see for the church at the moment is our uh, the westernization of our Christianity. Is that uh, we interpret and at times we filter the Bible through Hollywood, if you like. We filter it really largely through our preference. And so we have a whole lot of people in different areas saying they're Christian, but not really living the Bible, living their version of the Bible as it's presented to them by some random person on YouTube. Come on, somebody. That's why it's so important for us to be in a local church and a local community, because God designed your Christianity to only work when it's in community. Did you see that? God designed your Christianity, oh, it's just going to be me and Jesus, just me and him. We're going to have some prayer. I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. You're here. I don't need church. I don't need a pastor. I don't need this. You don't need any of those things to access God for yourself and to be in right standing with God and be in relationship with him. But you need to understand the only way that you and I are going to be fruitful in the way that God designed us is when we're interconnected with each other. Someone say amen this morning. Someone text someone that's not here today and say, you should have heard that message. Not really. Um, but you know what I'm talking about. And so at times, oh, I believe that some of the, some of the challenges that we faced is that, is that we live this Hollywood version of Christianity. I'm not hating on Hollywood this morning, but I certainly am wanting to highlight the truth, the truth that if you and I are not careful, we end up living a version of Christianity that isn't something Jesus actually spoke about. See, it's like this, you know that Bible verse that says that uh, we're in the world, but we're not of the world? What Jesus is, well, what the Bible is trying to teach us is saying that you can be in the world, you can be living in the world, but you can not be of it. In other words, there's something in you that's different. But I want to say it like this too, you can be in the church. So what the Bible's saying is you can be in the world, but not of the world. But I want to also say that you can be in the church, but not of the church. Oh, you're not ready for me this morning. 
And I'm just coming at a spirit and a mentality in our generation that goes for the lowest common denominator when it comes to Christian living. And I'm here today simply wanting to encourage and inspire you to be someone that doesn't live according to the patterns of this world, but be someone that lives according to the standard that is set in heaven. I'm simply wanting you to submerse your own life in the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not, not, as, so our theology lines up, our theology and our belief lines up with what's in heaven, it doesn't line up with what's in earth. So come on, if you're going through something right now, you're not going to live your life according to what you're going through, you're going to live your life according to what the pattern is in heaven, someone say Amen. But Matt, you don't understand. It's hard. I know it's hard. We've all gone through different stuff. And I'm not, not for one moment pretending that I've been through what you've been through. It's probably more painful, more difficult. But I'm just helping you to understand today that God is a way maker and that God has a plan. And if you stick with what he says, I guarantee you things will turn around. Things will turn around. This is such an inspiring passage of Scripture. One of the things that I really see, and I haven't, haven't this is just by way of introduction, but the, the Apostle Paul here to the church of Corinth, he says, for even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Someone say inward, outward. That's the whole thing. That's what I'm talking about, Western, Western Christianity. We don't live inward, outward. We live outward, inward. We live, this happened out here, so I've got to adjust my faith to, to, to dumb down to what's happening here. But we've got to be a people that say, no, I'm not going to live outward, inward. In other words, my circumstances are not going to determine my worship of God. What's happening in my world right now is not going to determine what I believe about who He is. I've got a sickness happening in my life. I remember about a month after we planted the North Campus, I got diagnosed with skin cancer. I had a mole on my back that started bleeding and four weeks into pioneering something that was so incredible and so powerful. You know, we're now well, two and a half years in and last Sunday we had 700 people in church on Sunday. God is good. It's, it's all God. Trust me. Look at me. It's not me. Trust me. And uh, it's all God. But four weeks into pioneering that church, a mole started believing. And I had an opportunity to live outward inward or inward outward. I had an opportunity to say, say, God, how am I going to live? How am I going to choose to respond in this moment? I'm going to choose to live and respond by the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus said. Just say one more time, say you have it. I promise you that's the last time. Say you have it. It's in you. It's in you. Luke chapter 17 says the kingdom of God has not come with observation. Listen to this. This is important. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. In Jesus' first sermon, uh, we see him, just prior to the Sermon on the Mount, we see him in Matthew chapter 3, uh, really declaring what his whole ministry was going to be about. And he rocks up on the scene and he says, repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is in your midst. Repent. Pentecostal theologians have struggled with that word and they've grappled over that word repent for centuries and centuries because the Pentecostal theologian wants to make, because that word literally translated simply means a change of mind, a change of mind. And the reason why Pentecostals have have struggled with that as a basic definition is because they want the word repent to be some deep emotional experience that happens at an altar call. Does that make sense? Where there's a lot of tears and all those sorts of things, and I'm not suggesting that that doesn't go with repentance, but I want you to see today that that's not necessarily what Jesus had in mind when he was speaking to his predominantly Jewish audience at that time. He was saying repent. In other words, he was that word repent, change your mind. He was saying, I need you to change the way you think about how the kingdom operates on earth. When it comes to supernatural, we're in a series as a church at the moment on supernatural warfare. And when it comes to supernatural warfare, you've got to repent. You've got to have a change of mind. You've got to have a change of mindset so that you can connect and so that you can be... uh, be effective in what God's got for your life and be effective in spiritual warfare. This is essentially what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying that you have a way, Jewish people, early church, uh, you have a way of relating to God, but I need you to change your mind about how you relate to God because you approach the kingdom of God as something that's way out there, but I want you to change your mind because I want you to see that the kingdom of God is actually much closer than you think. The kingdom of God is so close that it, it is actually within you. The kingdom of God isn't this abstract far off thing. And you and I, I want you to get this so good this morning. This is really the crux of what I'm saying. Spoiler alert for the whole mess, rest of the message. But what I really want you to see today is that the kingdom of God, we, the kingdom of God is not something, and God is not someone that we relate to uh, as, as someone that is so distant, but we relate to him as someone that is actually so close. The kingdom of God, Jesus took it to a whole nother level when he said the kingdom of God isn't just near you. The kingdom of God is within you. He confounded the religious uh, the religious folk of that day simply because they had always, always uh, related to God through rituals and through this and through that tradition and this tradition. And Jesus comes and says, I want you to know that the kingdom is closer than you think. Someone's like, go deeper. I want to explain this is important. It's important for you to understand. We're going to bring this to a close pretty soon before I get zapped. Uh, But the Bible talks about three heavens, okay? I don't want to go too deep into this. I don't have time for it. But there are three domains that God speaks about, okay? If you want more information about this, I've written a whole document on it. You can just email me, mattg at planetshakers.com, and I'll, I'll send that to you, that email. And uh, it's, just a, it's just a document that's got a whole lot of scriptures from a study that I've done on, on heaven. And uh, there are three heavens that, that the Bible talks about. And really, just to make this quite simple and, and not go too deep today, I want to just say it like this. The first heaven that God speaks about is really like Earth's atmosphere. It's the environment that we're in. God put us in this atmosphere. So it's where we are. The, the first heaven that God speaks about, and remember I said, please email me. I can email you all these scriptures to back up these things that I'm saying this morning. The first heaven is this earthly atmosphere. 
okay? We live in this earthly atmosphere. It's the one that we see, okay? But you and I know as spiritual beings that this is, we're just passing through. This, is, this isn't necessarily our home. The second heaven that the Bible talks about is the spiritual atmosphere. It's the easiest way to describe it. It's where the spirit battle is going on. That's why you and I need to have, as the book of Romans chapter 12, verse number 2 says, we need to renew our mind. We need to renew our mind because the battle that's happening is in the spirit realm. Remember Daniel? Daniel sets himself to pray for 21 days. Do you remember that? And there's a, he gets the archangel, Michael, gets held up. He starts praying, and then he can't get to Daniel for whatever reason. But what does he say? When he arrives to Daniel, he says, Daniel, your prayer was answered on the first day. But there was a holdup. Where was that holdup ha- taking place? In the spirit realm, in this second heaven. And so the warfare that we do, as we've heard, because I've been stalking your church and I've been listening to all the podcasts, the warfare that we do, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers in where? Heavenly places. Are you with me? And so I want you to understand today that most of the battle that you face happens in two, one of two places. Number one, your mind, and number two, in the spirit realm. Okay, And so any battle that you're facing, you've got to overcome here and you've got to overcome in the second heaven, in that spirit realm. The third heaven, the easiest way to say it is it's God's crib. It's God's home. It's God's country. It's God's place. It's his domain, God's country. This is why the Bible talks, says that we're ambassadors. We are now citizens of heaven. Are you still with me today? We are citizens of heaven. How are you a citizen of a, of a country? You're born there. That's why the Bible teaches that we must be born again. Because the way you get your citizenship doesn't matter how bad you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter who your parents are, but your citizenship comes from the place that you were born. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So when we're singing about the reckless love of God, really what we're declaring is it doesn't matter my background. It doesn't matter where I come from. That's not how I become a citizen of heaven. I become a citizen of heaven by being born again. And because I'm a citizen of heaven, I have access that people that aren't citizens have. Are you with me? I have access. And so they're the, they're the things that we need to understand today, that we are citizens of heaven. Can we put, can we put up that, um, I don't know what it's going to look like. Can we put that thing, uh, other thing up? I want to help you to understand this. I think it's coming. Is it coming? It's going to come. We're citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven. Right up in, un, until, the, until the cross, we were trying to access heaven through, through the works and through law. There you can see, see those things up there. Heaven there. There's, all these things are the things that we find in heaven. Obviously, the list is not an exhaustive list, but there's just some of the things that came to mind when I was thinking about, about God's domain. Heaven. Heaven. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians, coming back to our main text. Thank you, bro. You are the man. He's working on works. The Bible says, as, as we've read, that you have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know, why, why 
the reason why I, I got you to turn to your neighbor and say you look, you look ordinary is because uh, that word earthen literally means ordinary. You have this treasure. Remember Jesus taught? He said that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. You have this treasure, and then the apostle Paul goes on to talk about the power of God that's within him. You have this treasure in earthen vessels. That word treasure, you have treasure in earthen vessels. You've got the kingdom of God is inside another translation. I believe it's the NIV says in, in jars of clay. And God in Genesis went down to the earth and he grabbed some clay, didn't he? And he breathed in it. And what did he create? He created, he created us earthen vessels. Adam comes from from a, a Hebrew word which really just describes red dirt, clay man, pottery. He is the potter. We are the clay. Are you with me so far? And so Jesus, Jesus, uh, the Bible is trying to tell us that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I need to preach this just for a moment because when you look at that definition, it literally means unattractive. It literally means ordinary. It literally means common. And friend, I need to tell you today, it doesn't matter who you are or what you think about yourself. You might think you're the most ordinary person on the planet. Friend, I'm here to tell you today, it's not about what's on the outside of you that's going to determine how good you are and how much influence you have for the kingdom of God. It's what's on the inside of you. And I want to declare over your life today, no matter how broken you might feel, you are, no matter how messed up you might feel you are right now, no matter how addicted you are right now, no matter how much mess you've got going on in your life, you and I are just the equal amounts of ordinary, but we're filled with a treasure, which is the kingdom of God. And I'm here to declare over someone's worthlessness that inside of you is the kingdom of God. Inside of you is the glory of God. Matt, look at me. I'm ordinary. My life is ordinary. You are a prime candidate for the glory of God invading your world. Do you believe that today? If you believe, just clap your hands and just thank God. You can be ordinary, but used by God. You can be ordinary and used by God. Just turn to your neighbor and say, that's the best news you've heard. You can be ordinary earthen vessels. Come on, somebody. You don't have to have it all together. Thank God for that. Thank God that my qualifications aren't found in my father and in his father. Because if, my, if who my father was determined who I was going to be, my, my marriage would end up in divorce. I would be an adulterer. I'd be broken. I'd be addicted. I've had all, I'd have all these things going on in my life. I'd be a lonely old man. I'm just telling you the truth. But my qualifications don't come from where I've come from, the external. My qualifications come from in internal and they're not because I'm good or because I'm extra special they come simply because there is a love that God has for us that goes beyond what we can humanly comprehend I want to thank God I want to preach that for a moment because I feel the anointing on it some of you are looking from where you've come from and the story that you've come from but I want to tell you today and I declare this I declare this over you right now that you are a generational curse breaker 
You know, I look at myself in the mirror every morning and I say, Matt, you're a generational curse breaker. My greatest ministry is not the ministry that I do here today. God bless all that. But the greatest ministry that I'm doing in my life is, is uh, not, just, uh, not just writing a new chapter for future generations, but throwing out the old book of old generations. You know, every person on that's a male, that's one of my uncles or older, their marriage has ended in divorce. But I'm a generation changer. I'm a curse breaker. I may be ordinary, but there's something inside of me that is so powerful. I may be ordinary on the outside, but come on, somebody, I am supernatural on the inside. I may not have all the gifts. I may not be able to preach like T.D. Jakes or worship like like some of these other guys. or uh, I may not have all those sorts of things, but what is inside of me is the kingdom of God. I am not limited by my style and by how good the vessel looks. I'm limited by how much credit and how much trust I put in heaven that is inside of me. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. I've got to finish so soon. I got zapped and I just ignored it. Vessels. Someone say, I'm a vessel. I have this treasure in earthen vessels. I'm trying to help you to see today. I'm really just trying to, uh, you know, just scoot in on the, on the, on the uh, thoughts that have been coming from this pulpit over the last few weeks. But you are supernatural. You are supernatural. You're supernatural. There's something inside of you that's different. Something inside of you that's powerful. Are you with me? The Bible says that with this treasure in earthen vessels. What's a vessel? A vessel is a container. You've got to view your life as a container. Stop living by the outward. Start living by the inward. Oh, but Matt, the outward says this. Yeah, but what does the inward say? We've got to refuse to be people that worship God and allow our worship be determined by what's happening outward and be a people that worship God by what's determined inward. My circumstances do not declare how good God is. I'm a vessel. I'm a container. And vessels, you're a steward of heaven. Heaven is inside of you. And you carry heaven with you wherever you go. You with me? Let's bring this to a close. Heaven. The law prior to Jesus, can we just teach just a little bit more? Five more minutes, then the band are going to come up, then we're just going to go have coffee. Is that good? Can you cope with that? Is that all right? See a few people nodding off, that's all. Just saying. If you see a sleeper, come on, you know what to do. There's the weapons of your warfare, in this case, are carnal. No, I'm joking. We, we, we tried so long through, through the Old Testament, okay, by the law and works to reach heaven. The works didn't work. And we tried so long, but we could not reach heaven. We set up systems. We set up so many different things. In fact, the Jewish people added hundreds and hundreds of laws on top of the law already. Hundreds of laws. We tried so hard. Then when we come into our environment, we tried so hard, didn't we? And we, we continue this day to try 
through works to reach God because we just think if our behavior looks like what famous Christians looked like, then 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 God's going to be really happy with me. But God was happy with you while you were still in your own sin. You say that? Whoa, whoa. Oh, I'll say it in a more religious way, quoting the Bible so that you believe what I'm saying. While we were still yet sinners, Christ died and gave himself for us. He knew that the works and the law were not enough. And if you look through the Old Testament and even right up to Jesus, this is why Jesus was trying to say, he was saying, change your mind about how you connect with God. Because he was trying to help us to understand that the works and the law, they're not going to get you there. In fact, if you and I keep living and trying to reach God, if I just lift my hands in the right song, in the right parts of the songs, or if I just, if I just, um, I know when the chorus is coming, and so if I just jump on the right beat at the right time, then the presence of God's going to come. Or if I just do this and I just do that, then we do all the good Christian stuff. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm just saying when your motivation, when your motivation is like, I need God for that, I need to do that for God to connect with God, you've missed the whole point of what the grace of God is all about. The law and works, friend, are a dead end. I'm not saying we get rid of them. Jesus said he came to fulfill the law, okay? Works, James says, faith without works is dead. But works without faith is also dead. Are you with me? And so we've tried so long through the generations to try to touch heaven. In heaven, the glory and the presence of God is there. In heaven, breakthrough is there. In heaven, heaven is your home. There's a sense of belonging in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. I didn't want to say prosperity because I didn't want you to think I was talking about money, but although I am, but the greatest definition of the word prosperity, I believe, is this, nothing missing, nothing lacking, and nothing broken. There is that's what prosperity really is. It's not talking about money. It's talking about there's nothing missing in your life. There's nothing lacking in your life. There's nothing broken in your life. You can have a billion dollars in the bank, but if you've got a broken heart, you're not a prosperous person. That's why Jesus went on and spoke and said, you're going to prosper even as your soul prospers because the inward's got to prosper. Otherwise, outward prosperity means nothing at all. Are you with me? And so there's no lack in heaven. There's wholeness in heaven heaven. There's peace. Come on. Anyone suffered with a mental illness or had anxiety or fear around something? Friend, I want to tell you in heaven, in heaven, there's, there's peace. It's anxiety free. You're accepted. You're loved. We're going we're gonna to race on ahead to my whole point. And we've been trying to reach heaven for so long. Prior to the cross, earth was trying to touch heaven. But after the cross, heaven touched earth. We, by the law, were trying to reach heaven, but unfortunately, the law could not get us to where we needed to be. I did this illustration in my church a couple of weeks ago, and what I had to illustrate it was, I had these words come down. They dropped down. Because I want to illustrate to you today that you don't have to spend your life trying to get to heaven. Heaven has come to you. Can I say it like this? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? This is going to blow your mind. You used to be a citizen of earth trying to touch heaven. Now you're a citizen of heaven trying to touch 
Do I need to say that again? You used to be a citizen of heaven, citizen of earth, trying to touch heaven. But now, (laughs) you're a citizen of heaven, trying to touch earth. I need the band up because I've got to close. I've got four minutes and I need to pass this microphone back. If the band can come up, that'd be good. You can do do whatever you want. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Pastor Rob and he's going to take it to another level. I'm trying to help you to see today. I want to empower you to understand that there's something in your life. There's something in your life. There's something in you to impact this community. I want to go a little bit deeper this morning because I want you to understand the crux of this message isn't about coming to church only and getting and getting these breakthroughs and realizing that, yeah, absolutely, this is a gateway of heaven. But I want you to see that your life is a gateway of heaven. I want you to see that if you're a, if you're a teacher, are there any teachers here today? Is there any teachers? Give us a wave. Any teachers? Uh, there's a teacher over there. Would where are the where are my teachers at? Where teachers at? Oh, there's a teacher over there. There's a teacher. Would you teachers stand up for a minute? If come on, quickly stand up. I'm embarrassing you. That's right. If you is there anyone here that like you're an accountant or you work in an office job like that? You walk at work somewhere like that. Is there somewhere like that you're working and maybe you work behind a reception desk or you do something like that? Stand up. That's it. That's it. Is there anyone here that you're a um you're a tradie? You like might be a plumber or an electrician or whatever. Stand up. Come on. Don't you guys have jobs here? I'm trying to name them all. Come on. If you have some form of job, would you... No, I'm joking. I want you, <laughs> I want you to see how this works because the pulpit and this platform doesn't exist for it to be glorified. It exists for you to be empowered. I want, to, I want you to show you what, the king, what, what, what this is how the kingdom works. So you're a teacher. Something crazy's gone on at the school. Well, now the kingdom of heaven is in you. You're a earthen vessel, and there's a treasure inside of you. And so now you carry the kingdom of God wherever you go. And so you take that peace. You say, Matt, but I don't really have that much peace in my own life. Doesn't matter. You carry it because it's the kingdom of God that is within you. And so now, sorry, what's your name? Now, when Kylie goes into the place that she educates as a teacher, what does she take? She takes the kingdom with her wherever she goes. Are you with me? There's a whole lot of brokenness in our world. Here's another teacher over here. I'm going to run over here. This is important for me to do. Grab that, sir. Now, wherever he goes, stay standing. Hey, I saw you sit down, bro. Sit down, man. I'm watching you, man. I'm coming for you next. But wherever he goes, wherever there's brokenness, he carries the kingdom of God. We've got to get past. This church is destined for great things. I I don't just see hundreds. I see thousands of people. I want to prophesy that this is like an apostolic hub that God's going to raise up for this whole region. And that's what God is doing in your pastors right now, releasing an apostolic gift inside of them. But if we're going to walk in everything that God has called us to be, then we've got to understand that we're people that carry the kingdom of God. You carry heaven wherever you go. If you work in an office you carry someone's feeling unaccepted and feeling lonely well when you carry the kingdom you carry what the kingdom is like are you with me Uh, do you have a girlfriend man you got a wife oh that's good he carries love folks 
Harry Love. Harry's Love. That, that was good. Sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know you actually. Yeah, just, just clicked. Sorry, Pastor Rob. Um, ask for your forgiveness. Come on, just grab that, bro. Just grab that. I want to show you how the, how the kingdom works as well. I want to get to this lady down here, but would you mind standing up? Is that all right? Can you stand up? Can you stand up? No, stay here. Stay here. I need your help. Because sometimes this is also how the kingdom works. This woman down the end needs a breakthrough. Pastor Rob or myself, I'm never going to be able to touch her with a breakthrough. But you know what? Would you pass that down? That's how the church works. I've run out of time. Would you stand to your feet? If you've got a job or don't have a job, <laughs> whoever you are, if you've got two legs at work probably, if you can be bothered, I'm help wanting you to understand today that the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. You're a carrier of heaven. Come on, this is going to change the way we worship right now. And we're just going to sing this bridge just a few times over. But I want you to, I don't want you to do it from the perspective of that you're trying to reach heaven. I want you to do it from the perspective that heaven is in you. That you're right with God. You might be an ordinary vessel, but you're right with God because of Jesus. So come on, would you lift your hands? Say, Matt. In fact, say this to God. Say, God. Make me a vessel. Make me a vessel. Make me a vessel. Make me a vessel. Come on, let's sing.